Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Matt, and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories, and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Welcome back to Journey to Freedom podcast and happy Friday. Today, I want to dive right into this week's topic as we have a lot to cover. It is an exciting episode that I've been waiting to discuss for a very while right now. In order to answer all the ins and outs about investing 101, I'm joined by Corbin Elliott. Corbin is a co-host of the Peace and Purpose podcast, a lifestyle show committed to turning aspirations into reality. Corbin is also the founder of Capital Bookwork, a financial freedom affiliate marketing website. With Corbin, I had the pleasure of speaking while I was a guest on his show just a few days ago. And you can find all the links to Corbin's podcast and my personal Patreon account in the show description. So let's talk finance. Corbin, it's great having you on the show. Thanks a lot for being right here. What's happening, Matt? Yeah, man, it's, it's really a pleasure. Awesome. I'm really glad you're able to join me today and we can talk all about the ins and outs, all about the basics of, of investing. Um, just like, you know, we all know, uh, not a lot of people might be into investing or would love to be into investing. And I think this is a topic that we really should discuss. So I just want to lay some basic ground for those who just are starting or even maybe just thinking about starting investing. Um, and I know you have a little bit of knowledge about that, which I definitely want to talk about uh, as well. Can we just uh, start? Yeah, let's let's talk with uh, investing. When it comes to investing, why would you say that investing is so important as opposed to you know just saving account? Investing is all about how much money can your money make for you. Same same thing with a savings account in in a, in a similar way. So savings rates actually used to be super high. I was just talking to an older person the other day, and they was like, you know, we used to make twelve percent on our savings accounts a year. That's not the case. In the now, at least in the United States, I think the average rate is 0.025 per year. That's not a good rate. That's how much you're bringing in on your money. Um, but investing, we have an opportunity to bring in, have our money bring in more money for us. Our money is going to work for us, and through that, we can make more money with our money, as opposed to just letting it sit by, sit idle, and not do anything for us. Exactly. So instead of just having that money sit in your checking account or maybe even saving account, but just like you mentioned, the saving account, that money is not going to grow uh, as much as it would when you're going to start investing. In order to really make money is to start investing. And we'll definitely cover a little bit more about what people can invest into. But one of the things I want to talk um, also is the things that people should think about before investing. That's something that people should uh, even consider before investing. Would you happen to have any tips or any information about that? Yeah, I think you got to ask yourself what you want. So, you know, there's different ways of going about this. If you want to retire later on in life and you want to work that long, which is not the theme of this podcast, if you're looking to do FIRE, you're going to invest in a very different way than you would if you want to, you know, retire at 70. You know, there's a, there's a different mindset that goes behind this. Um, 
I would say just the idea of you, you need to get out of the mindset that you were the only way that you can generate income. Like you physically working is the only way money can come in. You need to separate yourself from that concept so that you can have financial freedom, a.k.a. you don't have to work to make money, essentially the definition of that. So what you want to do is put your money in places that the money coming out, essentially, the money you're making from your investments, which there's different types of investments we can go into, can cover your living expenses or whatever level of living you want to be with. And there's lots of different income strategies you can do and different things you can invest in to make that happen. But the first thing you need to do is decide on what you want and what lifestyle you want to live, and you can accommodate how you invest according to that. But yeah, you know, you were talking about risk, though, I saw in your question. And, you know, that's also something you should consider. I, I mean, you should consider your own sanity when it comes to this um, before you get started investing. You know, there are different, it also depends on how much time you want to spend. There's different strategies. So all these things are considerations. And we can talk about riskier versus not riskier investments later on if you'd like. But all those things to be considered. Exactly. So those are three of the things that I think um, are kind of important in order to really understand what you want to do when it comes to investing. So just like you mentioned, a mindset, knowledge, and kind of a risk tolerance to understand where you're going and what you really want to achieve in the future when it comes to investing. And um, so another thing, another question that I have is, uh, what can people actually invest in, right? That's, that's I know, a lot of people want to uh, know more about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so there are a lot of different categories. There are more traditional things uh, like, of course, stock, the stock market, which is generally in, in companies and in publicly traded companies. And we won't go in too far into the technical details of that. Uh, you can also invest in uh, these, what they call debt obligations, called bonds. And these bonds essentially work in that you say, okay, a company needs money to fund a new project. And they don't have enough money, but you do have the money. So you can give it to them, and they'll pay you back interest because you gave them that money to take on a project. So that's another type of investing. Um, there is also now this new hot thing, which I wouldn't recommend necessarily starting with this, is cryptocurrency. And it's sort of this outlandish... They call It's a non-centralized currency, and what they mean by that is there's not a government that regulates it. It is, it is free market in the extremist sense, so nobody is there to be the babysitter to make sure everybody's following the rules and doing all that. Um, there's also real estate, so, you know, houses, apartments, places of business, um, factories, what have you, land even. Um, there's also different ores, so there's met precious metals, and these are mainly based in, hopefully, gold is worth more 10 years from now than it is now, that sort of idea. So you can buy gold, silver, uh, different sorts of ores. You can invest, man, you can invest in gas. There are different types of investments that are actually publicly traded that are more based in output of, say, gasoline or renewable energy or what have you but they aren't directly tied to a what you would generally consider as like a stock market price for a company. So it's not based on trading as much. It's more based in 
the actual basic minerals or usable materials like gasoline and how that's doing in value. So there's all sorts of types of investments. Gotcha. Yeah. So yes, yeah, definitely. So there's a lot that people can definitely invest in right now, like you mentioned, whether it's gold, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's just individual stocks. And that's something I want to talk a little bit more about, about individual stocks and also things that um, I'm a little bit familiar with, and I know you are familiar with its index funds as well. So um, I want to talk about those two different things when it comes to individual stocks and index funds. Those are the two things that I know a lot of people might heard about, but not maybe they don't really know the difference. Would you be able to explain a little bit for us? What is the difference actually between the stock and the index fund? So individual stocks are individual companies. So let's say you're like, yeah, I think Coca-Cola is, is going to be doing well in the next 10 years. And you say, all right, I'm going to buy some shares of Coca-Cola. That's one company. And that's what people commonly refer to as a stock. So that's a single company. Index funds are essentially things that these third-party companies put together, these people who are in the finance industry, and they take a bunch of companies and it may it's sometimes based in a specific industry. But sometimes not. Sometimes it's just large companies or what have you. And they put them together and your stock price, whether it goes up or down, whether how your dividends are paid, which we'll go into that later, all of that is dependent on how all of those companies are doing together as an average. So the big difference between stocks and index funds are that stocks tend to be more volatile. And what I mean by volatile is that you tend to get more rises and falls in prices and more rises and falls in dividends than you would get from a from an average because the likelihood that all companies are going to be going in one direction with price and dividends and all that is much lower than one company doing it. So generally you have a more you cap your your downside like as far as whether you lose how much money you can lose and you also cap your upside whenever you're in index funds but it's it's what people call a safer investment since it's not as it doesn't like to move on you so much gotcha yeah so for for those who for those who are listening to us and it still might sound a little bit complicated i think long story short i would say that stocks are definitely on the riskier side because you're investing in just an individual company and when it comes to index fund it's more of a combination of multiple stocks uh where they don't have they don't fluctuate as much as just individual stocks i don't hope that kind of clarifies it a little bit <laughs> precisely I, th I think they'll be able to understand that i think it's a good model i say something and then you summarize it and say okay guys now here's what he's actually saying <laughs> i think it's a good model gotcha. but yeah exactly. i think that's perfect awesome another question that i have for you and i know a lot of people want to know about this so i heard about stock now i get a little bit of idea now i i know i want to start investing where can i invest like where can people actually buy stocks Okay, yes, this is an important question and one that is uh, has a lot of secrecy around it. <laughs> so, um, it, or with the people outside of the community. So, there are places called brokerages. So, these, they're, so let me start here. There are stock exchanges and brokerages, and brokerages have access to the stock exchanges. That's all I'll say about that. The way you can invest in the stocks, which are only traded on the stock exchange, is by going through a broker. Now, there are lots of options for brokers. 
but what I would recommend is going through an online broker. There, there are lots of different companies, like I said. There's Fidelity Investments. There is, I think, Ally Bank, M1 Finance. There's all sorts of things. But what I would recommend you doing is looking up online brokerages for stock market investing or, or something to that magnitude and checking them out because there is you have quite a few options. So that's the best way to gain access. And what about commission and non-commission? Because that's another thing that maybe a lot of people, when they're trying to invest, they might be a little bit confused about, and they're not so sure about you know, buying and, and eventually selling stock. How, how does it work exactly? Yeah. So depending on the brokerage, and a lot of them now are actually going to very low commission just because of competition. But... In the past, and some now, you, you want to look into this whenever you pick a brokerage. It's one of the many criteria. But there is a commission, like for any other type of sale, that the brokerage takes from your purchase or your sale from it, essentially. any any They take it from transactions. So anyway, they earn a percentage of that sale, essentially, and they take it in you know, whatever whatever amount that is for them. They or some of the model it's just a flat rate. It just depends, depending on the, the brokerage. There are lots of different models. But anyway, you want to look for that because if you can get it where it's commission free, which many are, and I would recommend going with one of those brokerages, you can trade you can buy and sell stocks as much as you want without having to pay the, the brokerage anything off the top. Exactly. So then you buy a stock or maybe even an index fund. And a lot of people might be thinking, well, should I keep it? Should I sell it right away? I want to talk a little bit more about some of the stock strategy, some of the basics um, of what people can actually do with them, whether they can keep it for, you know, maybe just a few hours or maybe they're going to keep it for a few years. What would you say some are some of the stock strategies that are very common nowadays? Oh, man. Okay. So there is day trading, there is swing trading, there is sort of like uh, midterm, I guess, you know, within a year, but we're not selling it in like a, like a week's time. Uh, there's long-term investments and, you know, a range of things in between that for if we're specifically talking about timeline of, of holding a stock or an index fund. Yeah, there are a lot of different strategies, but I think, you know, that that is, I wouldn't say maybe it's something more advanced, but I think the main idea is to just get started. Once you get started and you understand just the basics of, you know, why investing is so important and where to invest, then eventually you're going to learn a little bit more about the strategies. But one of the things um, that I would say it's really important when you are starting to invest is to learn about companies. Um, obviously when you are investing in things just like index funds, it's still going to be a little bit easier to understand it because you have, you know, you have a, a combination of, of stocks and you're able to, uh, eventually, you know, learn uh, a little bit easier about that. But when you're investing in the individual stock, it's really important to learn about the company. So Corbin, what would you say are some of the best places or things that people should consider when they're. Uh, you know, buying stocks? Where can people actually learn about individual companies? So for the company profile itself, there's a there's lots of websites, finance websites. One is Yahoo Finance. I don't know how prominent that is where you are, um, but Yahoo Finance is a great place to find stats on 
different companies, and it's got a wide, the thing I like about it is it has a wide array of companies you can look at just by searching them. So, so that's good. Um, if you're looking for like an individual company, you just want to learn more, the company's website's a great place to go. Generally, they have tabs for investors or shareholders. They call them different things. But those are good places to get information about a specific company if you're wanting to go more in depth. Yeah, and I know that when I started learning more about uh, individual stocks and I watch a lot of YouTube videos, people were saying, well, you got to read all the documents like 10K annual reports. You got to listen to the latest conference calls and all that stuff, which don't get me wrong. I know it's extremely important in order to really understand the idea of where you're putting your money into. But I would say nowadays there are pages just like you mentioned, you know, Yahoo Finance. There is also a um, page that I use, uh, Zach's. Uh, and also Seeking Alpha, there are different pages where you're able to just jump right into it and learn more about it without really digging more into and listening to to our conference calls. Because I know that, you know, time is money pretty much right now. So that's really, really important. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump into another question that I have for you is, uh, it's a question that I used to get a lot from uh, my friends. Uh, it's about money and how much money should I invest in, right? That's one of the questions that a lot of people ask, uh, you know, those who are into finance. So what is your kind of idea? How much money people should invest at the first place? Sure. So let me tell you this straight up. You got to start. Uh, so, you know, I'm one person, I get caught up in what I call paralysis of analysis and translation into human language. Paralysis of, of analysis is you get caught up in trying to learn everything and make sure that everything is fleshed out before you get started. The thing with that is the stock market and you're like, if you think you're going to do all of that, you better have a crystal ball because it's very, you're, you're literally predicting the future. So what I would recommend is starting with small amounts of money, but starting. You don't, you don't need to do something, anything crazy. And this is a person-to-person -person thing. If your risk tolerance is a little bit higher, then, you know, you, you can do whatever you'd like. But what I would recommend is starting with little amounts of money, going through the basic process of determining whether a company or a mutual fund or however, however you want to invest is a good fit. And throwing a little bit of money into it and seeing what happens and, and learning as you go. So I would recommend that. But as far as how much, I mean, it really depends. In, in America, I, I think I started pretty hot. I, I started with like $3,000, but by no means you need to do that. You can start with $10. You can start with $100. You can start with whatever. And I know uh, you guys are on the, the euro. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can start with however many euros you, you'd like to. Um but but yeah, I would I would just recommend starting, even if it's in a small way. And I think it all goes back to the second question that we discussed is about mindset, knowledge, and the risk to tolerance. Because I remember I started with about a hundred fifty dollars, something like that. So you know, for me, in order to put that money up first, it was super scary, right? When you're putting money into something that you have no idea about, and you're like, oh my god, it's gone. It's one hundred fifty dollars. Where is it going? And it's like fluctuating right now. It's you're going crazy. But 
it's all about like understanding what you just invest in your what are you investing in if you have the basic mindset that you know that this is going to make you money in the future you have enough knowledge about this you know about the company about the stock and you know you also know your risk tolerance it kind of makes it so much easier for you to understand that well yeah i put 150 dollars, but it's it's gonna grow it's gonna you know I, I know enough about it that i'm confident that it's not just a waste of money a lot of the basic stuff you can just find on youtube or through podcasts just like this actually and just the basics and that's what i would that's what I would recommend to do to get your feet wet before you get started investing. But on the same note, I wouldn't recommend waiting forever to get started investing. Uh, but, you know, get your feet under you and, and listen to some YouTube videos. Do that thing. But I don't want you to fall into a pattern where you never get your money out of there out there because you get too afraid. So I, I think that's also important to mention. Definitely. The key right here is to get started, learn about it, spend, you know, just uh, have a day like Saturday or Sunday, whatever, wake up in the morning and just devote like an hour, two, three hours, whatever you can just learn a little bit more about it on YouTube or listen to a podcast. And the more you know about it, the more confident you're going to become. And then eventually, you know, it's you're going to start investing. Um, and another thing I want to talk about, which is dividends, because um, that's another term that a lot of people might have heard about it, but might not be so sure what exactly dividends is or dividends are. Um, what would you say is a dividend? How would you explain to someone who doesn't really know what a dividend is and how a company really pays it? I'm going to go into some some low level how companies get money to do the things they do, and then I'll quickly get to dividends because... We need to know a little bit about that to understand really what a dividend is. So there's two ways that companies can get money to pursue projects. If they want to make uh, 10,000 pancakes or 10,000 Eggo waffles and they don't have the money for it, how do they get it? They have two options. One is what they call equity. These don't get too interested in the term. It's just stocks. Uh, they can people that own te you technically own a part of a company when you get a stock by the way so there's that and then there's also debt which we talked about before but for dividends we need to talk about you owning a part of the company so essentially how dividends are given is when companies bring in profit so above their expenses and they they have profit they do a lot of different things with that but they have options so we've got excess money this year. You know, what are we going to do with that money? Do we want to save it? Do we want to invest in another project and in, in maybe buying a new building to work out of? Or do we want to pay that out to our shareholders, also known as you guys, uh, the owners of the company? So dividends are essentially payments that the company owners make to the people who bought their stock. That's that's the simplest and best way to say it, I think. And they do this because, for a couple of reasons, but one, they want to incentivize people to invest with them because they want more money to do more projects and then to make more money. So they really incentivize investors and shareholders to hold the stock and to, and to think well of the stock because they are getting paid regular dividends. 
So it's essentially payouts, and different companies do them on different schedules. So you can do it quarterly, so uh, four times a year, or some of them do them monthly, and some of them do them yearly. So, and some of them now, it's getting sort of weird. Some of them are doing them weekly. I don't know if you've heard of those, but uh, let's, we won't dabble in that today. But but that's essentially what a dividend is. All right. Well, now I know a little bit more about dividend, but Corbin, how do I get paid? How do I get that dividend? How do people are able to actually get it? The only way you can get a, you can get a dividend by investing in a company that pays one. So there is information, when we talked about how you can look at companies, there is, there's diff- lots of different columns to help people to look at a company and decide whether it's worth for them to put money in that company's hands. And there's one column, and it depends on the site you're on, but a lot of what I see is called dividend yield. So, and generally it's a percentage of the share price that you will make off of that share over the course of a year. So say you put, say it's a hundred dollar stock, or let's say it's a hundred euro stock, so I can make this relatable. (laughs) Um, And the dividend yield is 6% a year. Let's say 6% a year. So then that means that with no regard to, if so if the stock stays at a hundred dollars, let's pretend that, it doesn't go up or down in how much it's worth, then at the end of that year, you should have $106. Because 6% of 100, if that share is $100, would be $6 at the end of the year. So now, if nothing else changes, you'd have $106. So the best way to know whether how to get a dividend is to look in that company. You can look in Yahoo Finance. You can look on the website. And a lot of brokerages have the information right next when you're buying and selling, it will tell you whether they have a dividend yield is and what it currently is. But they, they can change it if, if they want to, if they want to go with another strategy. Perfect. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. I appreciate your answer on all this. And uh, one of the last questions that I have, because I feel I like can talk about it more and more and more, and I know there's been a lot of information, especially for those who are trying to invest or there are the beginning stages. Uh, one of the things that I want to discuss is uh, taxes as well, right? Um, obviously, when you are uh, when you're buying individual stock, eventually you're getting some gains, hopefully. Uh, then you have to pay taxes on that. How does it work when it comes to individual stocks and, uh, you know, stock gains? Taxes, taxes, taxes. All right. So I'm, I think it's a similar system in Poland. But in the United States, here's how we roll. So generally, there are short, as far as selling stops and rendering um, gains or money because the stock went up, you can sell it in the short term or the long term. The short term is considered anything that you hold or buy and don't sell for under a year. So anything under a year and you sell, you're going to be taxed at a certain rate. That rate is dependent on what your, they call the marginal tax rate, but it's your income tax. So whatever, you, whatever your rate is for when you go to work and whatever they take out there, That'll be your rate if you sell it, if you sell the stock with or the the fund or what have you within one year, under one year. If you sell the stock and it's been more than a one, it's been more than one year since you bought it, 
then you'll be taxed at what's called the capital gains rate, which is lower. And depending on what your income tax rate is, or income tax percentage is, what, whatever you want to call it, you can either have a tax of zero, you can actually get taxed nothing if you have a low enough income. You can get taxed 15% or you can get taxed 20%. And that's all dependent on your income overall. But to put it simply, if you hold a stock longer than one year, you won't be taxed as heavily. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah. I know it might sound a little bit complicated for some people, but like we always say, you know, just get started and then start investing because um, that's number one tip that I can think of. And the last question, actually, when it comes to that, last question that I have for you, because we got to wrap it up right here, is some of your tips when it comes to investing. What would you say are some of your, you know, the biggest tips, something that you would be able to share with with others that would like to start investing? Yeah, sure. So I'll share with you my mindset as far as as far as investing goes. So I think of it like this. So magnets, let's say that an investment is a magnet or the money you put in is a is a positive. You want to create put as many magnets as possible around you so that you can attract money. The way I think of it as an income investor, is I want to put money in places, in as many different places that will make me money, otherwise pull money to me as possible. That is my goal. So the more magnets or the more investments that I can put out there, having my money work for me, the better it's going to be long term. And the better it's going to be now. If you're looking for financial freedom, I can. this is the, the same advice. You know, you want to set up investments that are going to bring you income. And there's lots of options for that. We've talked about some of them today. But you, you want to focus on that. That's, that's, a made, that's a major mindset. Also, the best way to, because we talk a lot about compound interest. And this is basically, if I put money in now, in so many, whatever amount of years it'll be, I'll have more money just by virtue of that money continuing to grow and compound over years. What I like to do, and I'm not imposing this lifestyle on anybody else, I'm an entrepreneur, so I build businesses that can that give a lot of people a lot of value. And what that means is I get paid a lot because I'm giving value to people. So what I'm doing right now is I'm doing a lot of that on the front end so that whenever it comes time that, you know, I have a significant nest egg of money or, you know, sitting in the stock market, that compounding happens quicker. Because you'll notice if you get on your calculator, if you start with a big number, compounding interest is is incredible. If you start with a tiny number, which you will, just to get started investing, and you wait, it's going to take far longer to reach your fire movement goals. So increasing your income and then funneling that into investments is a great way to, to play there. So those are just a couple of things that I, that I would share on that. Perfect. Yeah, thanks a lot. So mainly, like I, 
Uh, I understand it's mainly diversification and then also thinking about long-term goals and mostly compound interest that can really do a, a magic thing in the in the future if you start investing right now. So Corbin, really appreciate you being right here. We got to wrap it up right now, but I know we talked a lot about, you know, just some of the basics. Hopefully those who listen got an, um, an understanding a little bit why they should start investing, what people should invest in, or they can actually invest in, where they can invest in, and all this information. So definitely going to put all this information on my Patreon account and also a link to your um, your podcast because I know you are a co-host of the Peace and Purpose podcast as well that I've had a pleasure of being uh, just a few days ago. So really appreciate being right there. Uh, how can people find you and follow your journey with with the podcast? That's awesome, man. Yeah. So if you look up the Peace and Purpose podcast anywhere, um, you can look it up on Google, you can look it up on Apple Podcasts, you can look it up on Spotify, anywhere you you look up things, look us up, and uh, we will show up. And um, the, the cool thing that's happening this season coming down the pipe is that we are, I have a very specific way of approaching goals. So your goal might be investing and having, you know, I don't know, $50,000 coming in every year from passive investments. This next season, we are focusing specifically on taking that desire and making it a reality. That's why our our catchphrase is aspirations to reality. And I have a very specific way of setting goals that makes it very simple and breaks it down into tiny tasks that are very easy. Um, So... That that's my pitch for our third season of the Peace and Purpose podcast. So if you got if you got lofty goals, then you want to show up for this one. Perfect, awesome, Corbin. Really appreciate you being right here. Definitely catch up soon, and uh, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcast, and also let your friends and family know about Journey to Freedom. Also, consider supporting me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash journey to freedom. Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on -on one-on-one basis. It's a place where I share exclusive content such as personal spreadsheets, traveling tips and advice, and of course, show notes from every single episode. It's a place where you can find a lot of insightful links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.